Ahoy hoy, Noiros! Welcome to this week's edition, hard-hitting edition of Out of the Podcast. That weekly podcast where we discuss film noir and uh, life's hijinks, right? Yeah, all kinds yeah. of hijinks. We got uh, hijinks Dan over here. I like that. He's the commissioner of the hijinks. Yes. And Gentleman Joey here to deliver those hijinks, I guess. Yeah. I'm the, I'm the rascal and you got to keep me in line, right? I think that works. I think that I'm Yogi out. Bear, and you're the uh, ranger, park ranger. I'm not Boo Boo. You could be Boo Boo. Hey Boo Boo. Hey Dan Dan. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that probably suits me more. Let's honestly. Uh, dive into this noir picnic basket. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all it's right. Good, good start out of the gate. Hey, all right. Ten out of ten. We did it. Welcome yeah. to this show. I guess there's well, there's a, a few things to get to before we get to the movie, but I think we'll be brief. But stay tuned for the end of the episode for our big announcement. Yes. That is coming. Which uh, I now know what it is. <laughs> yes, Dan is out one week later, been caught up. Although I did pull some switcheroos, so... Uh-oh. Yes, it'll be a good time. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. So it's too late now, but of course we're talking to you from the past. That's what we do. It's not technically in our title, but you know it's inferred. That were a bunch of uh, oldies, uh, vintages, and we t- we time travel a little bit, you know. We do time travel, so time travel with us back to when it was July 2021, and the Criterion sale has just occurred. I, I actually got today's movie, the Asphalt Jungle part of it. I got just a real quick. Let me get this, and then I'll get into the sale. But I know Criterion Dan over here has already delved over to Barnes and Noble and, and made quite a the killing. I did. Yes, it's it's hard to not go on like a little shopping spree when you go in there. But I did find one. My bank account says it was pretty easy. Yeah, I mean, me too. I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, it is. It is. It's certainly easy. But there's 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 dropping certain... the first day of the sale when the rent is due is, is pretty easy to be like, you know what? I think I'm just gonna grab the one and I'll be back. In yeah. A couple weeks. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but there's one that we've talked about, I think, on the podcast already. But one I was looking to get, and I'm holding it up here, is uh, Nightmare Alley. Uh, yes. On Blu-ray, and I wanted to point out that at some point, well, I'm sure we're going to get to this. But where I said I pulled some 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 switches, I, I did schedule Nightmare Alley actually. Oh, great! Yes. Um, which I thought was a really nice touch, even though I've never seen this movie. Is it comes with tarot cards? Yeah, it really just looked like a great packaging. This one was a recent release, right? This had had come out this it, year, yeah, like yeah, like a week or two ago. It's very very recent. I think it was maybe so end ju- of May. June twenty. Yeah, yeah, yeah okay, June, yeah, something like that. Let's remember, not everyone is in our time machine, Dan. Yes. I'm trying to remember, <laughs> but it is a newer release. Yes, but I'm I'm very much looking forward to that. I mean, that's any, a big any... reason why I was scheduling stuff because I'm like, well, what do I need to pick up in the sale for future episodes? Yes, yes, and I did get the uh, I got the upgrade of uh, pick up on South Street as well. Uh, Excellent. While, while Excellent. I was there, yeah, trying to get my noir themed. Uh, I, I will be I will be doing that as well. I'm, uh, that's a good reminder. Thank you. Which also reminds me that another another um, from out of my brain and into, into reality. Literally, like, it was a couple days ago, it was, it was Dan Aykroyd's birthday. And in my head, I'm thinking, for whatever reason, this is my first thought, is when is Nothing But Trouble going to be released on Blu-ray? Because I have such you a, would hope a, a, never. a you, you would hope that they would try to lock that movie up. Uh, Brooke and I actually watched, she hadn't seen Dr. Detroit. It was on TV yesterday. I love that and movie. Speak, speak of the, uh, the devil, the, the Aykroyd devil himself, and he shall appear. Yeah, it's it's a fun time. <laughs> and what did you, was that her first time seeing it? It was her first time. Okay. Yeah. And what did she think? I think she liked it. We had just done um, night shift a couple nights okay. before, yeah, so yeah. it was a real like call girl theme Early to 80s, these yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah. It, it seemed to be have it was a good. They go together quite well. If you're looking for a nice double feature, 
Yeah, that's, that's, shift in Doctor Detroit. Yeah, I, I highly recommend. That's a great one-two punch. Yeah, I mean, it's and that's you know, you got Fran Drescher, you got Donna Dixon. You know, it's 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 a great time. What, what's it, Howard Hessman? Howard Hessman, who I love. Yeah, I mean, he's in Police Academy too. Yeah, and uh, head of the class. Yeah, he's. You're, he's you're forgetting the greatest one. Dude. Oh yeah, I was waiting for you to say because I know. I guess I am the resident WKRP in Cincinnati. Yes, uh, I know. I, I knew he was in that too. I was waiting for you. Yeah, it was a good lead up. Yes, I didn't want to. I don't. I can take both all criticize and compliment in the same sentence, Dan. That's the beauty of me. That is the beauty of you. Um, <laughs> but actually, yeah. So anyway, so I, you know, was thinking in my head. I'm like, you know what? That needs to be on Blu-ray. And wouldn't you know it, a day or two later, which is now Ugh. yesterday, they made a post saying, hey, it's now slated to be on Blu-ray, more details to come. We don't know who's going to release it yet. But oh, wow. I, I have a soft spot for that movie. I loved it when I was a kid. Is it a great movie? No. 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 Um, it's not. Directed by Dan Aykroyd. Yes, directed by Dan Aykroyd. I mean, the, the vile nose, uh, a prosthetic nose that looks like a straight up this disfigured penis <laughs> hanging from him. But you get Digital Underground cameo. You get yeah. some Tupac. First Chevy Chase, role. Demi Moore. Uh, John Candy plays multiple roles. A lot of John Candy in it, yeah. Yeah, you think, oh, this should be this should be like a box office hit. Well, it wasn't. Um, I, I, w- I did enjoy it as a kid. Yes. I remember the old man liked it. Maybe I, I'll have to ask my mom her feelings on it. I, mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to condemn Speak her. for her? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, there's some movies you'd be a little more confident. You'd be happy to be like, you know what? Hey, it's a good movie, so take the hit, mom. But... I don't know her thoughts on nothing but trouble. Well, I'll get an update. Yes, I, I, that's an update I need. Maybe I could even get. Uh, get a recorded update from her. Yes, get a, vo- a voicemail. Like, a like... voicemail or just a, a voice memo. Voice memo I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's 50-50 with my mom and technology. Shock you and you're like, wow, you can do that? Or like, how do you not know how to do that? So, yes, yeah. yes. You know, moms. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Shout I'll out find out. Um, well, I'm sorry to hear that, Dan, but I'm glad for you. Um, yeah, I... I, I can't imagine I would still like. I'm I'm pretty sure I watched that movie for like. How did this get made a couple years back? And it, it did not hold up. But I'm glad for you. I'm happy for you. It's a terrible movie. I'm not. I'm not. It's saying, a I'm, wild ride. You have exactly. to see it at least one. Like you can't not see it. Oh yeah, it's a um, it's a trip. It's a total I, trip. You could even dare say it's a roller coaster ride. You could which say is that. a great reference, possibly if you've seen such a film or it's, a train ride. You know, that you got both that in there. I think a lot of it is. Um, it's a, a lot of potential on screen that ultimately just doesn't come together, unfortunately. But that, that potential is able to carry it pretty far. It's very bizarre. It's a very bizarre. And I, and I can't love, deny that. Yeah. And it, I love that it's set in New Jersey, too, which is great. And <laughs> it's like in this like, weir- bizarre, like, where I've lived in New Jersey my entire life. And it's such a bizarre, like, caricature I, of, of As New soon as you said it was, it's New Jersey, it clicked with me. I was like, yeah, I, that makes sense. That seems like New Jersey to me, so... Well, Volcamania is, is somewhere in New Jersey somewhere, you know? Oh, yeah. It's one, um, one wrong turn. Yeah, one wrong there. turn if you're Chevy Chase and Demi Moore. and Yeah, it's it's a good time, though. I, I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that. So however that comes out, I'm looking You just got to be uh, Digital Underground. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but they they seem to be okay with when they come into this same uh, trouble, if you will, that there's yes. nothing but of, you know, they're able to pull it off, I think. Yes. So. No, the, the, well, that That's the lesson. Great. Don't that, be great. don't be Chevy Chase. Be know, digital be, underground. Be digital underground. R.I.P. to uh, unfortunately I don't remember his name, but I yes. know the main the main. Yeah, he recently died. passed away. Yeah, yeah, he's so cool. Had that nose and the glasses. The glasses, yeah. The Humpty Dance. Humpty Dance. Good times. Yeah, great stuff. What 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 was your relationship with '90s hip hop? Um, I would say I was more of like an '80s, like late '80s hip hop kind of guy. I I think 
I really liked Eric B and Rakim and De La Soul. Like that was like my hip hop R and B vibe. Like I like stuff that was like like chill, had really good beats, really good samples. Like like I appreciate that a lot. Yeah. And like particularly like Eric B and Rakim like really stood out to me. Like that was what I really gravitated towards. How about you? I like the slick Rick. I remember early LL Cool J was some good stuff. Yeah. What about uh, RNG? I, 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 I tend to regulate every now and then. Uh, <laughs> Wu-Tang was was a big deal. But yeah. I also just love, like, the fat boys. Like, the stuff that would come yeah. into, like, your life from just watching movies and stuff. I think everybody loved the fat boys. Like, yeah, man, they, they were... They really were could have brought world peace if they wanted to. I mean, between Crush Groove and then the collaboration with the Beach Boys on Wipeout, I mean, oh boy. <laughs> you know, there's, there's, you know, possibilities are endless. And uh, there were disorderlies, right? Disorderlies, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, yes. Which I, I saw a very long time ago, but it's been, it's been a, a very long time since I've seen that. It's better than nothing but trouble, I think. That's it. That would be an interesting double feature right there. <laughs> Possible bonus episode in the works. Dan, the people are still waiting for you to complete the Bill and Ted trilogy so we can watch Blank Check. Oh, that's true. Yeah, we need to do that. I, one is one is contingent on the other. That's true. Yeah. I'll say if you give us one more, I'll 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 give you a we, we'll do Blank Check. Okay, I think that's fair. That's I'll, a I've been meaning to do it. Yeah, I've been meaning to do it. I just haven't got around to it. It's been it's been in the back of my mind. Fair enough. I know Blank Check is in the front of your mind, so perhaps always that should, should always help. <laughs> always. And what's coming out this month from Criterion that we should be looking out for in the sale that you guys should be paying full price for in retrospect? Or wait till what, November? That's the next one? Uh, next one is November, correct. Yeah, July, I mean, you got Tarkovsky's Mirror. Um, November, when they're going to have the Blast of Silence Blu-ray ready for us. We are calling it right now. Calling it right now. Dan, if you want to say it out loud, since you're the one who seems to conjure them. Yes. Say, I, give us, say You have to say the words, Dan, the title. I will say that the ether right now, needs, needs to type what you're saying in their catalog. Yes. I'm like, okay, we'll put in the request. Blast of Silence will be on Blu-ray via Criterion Collection at some point by the end of this year. By the end of this year. We're hoping for November, December. We yeah. got pickup on South Street on Blu-ray. That was a, a sign that I think really made this seem like this could happen. Yes. And then, of course, we've conjured so many things. I mean, they won't believe me. It'll still be your masterpiece. That, that was yes. amazing when, yeah, when, when you I, conjured that. Yeah, I still don't know how I did that. But, I mean, I, I ha- apparently I have this power. I don't know what it is. but I'm it's, glad it's, we discovered it. Yeah. No, it it's to, to talk, you know? Exactly. No, it's it's true. I mean, and, and that was just like a by chance, like I happened to catch it on Nowhere Alley. And I was like, wow, this is a neat little movie. I was like, it, but I couldn't find it anywhere. And then we start talking about it. And lo and behold, it happens. Eddie Muller on the special features of this one. Yes, he is on, on the one that we're covering today. I did, I did watch most of that. Uh, I, I was getting. I was the only tired. one I watched other than the trailer. Yeah, we'll talk getting a little bit tired when we're about to get into the movie. But yeah, I'm sorry. Uh, was Mirror? I believe you said had come out is coming out this month that we're yes. looking forward to. That one and one. That I know I Dan's seen... going to get a copy of that. Yes, I mean that's that's like number one of my all time films. That I was you know wish list Criterion would would release, but also I think you had mentioned. That that was when you conjured, I believe, right? I did. I well, yeah. I kind of knew it. I mean, a lot of times, what Janice that films, one was like it was just a matter of time. Like right. they've been. I think he said they were even like touring it. Yeah, Janice Jones was touring it. The actual the new print like uh, in the theaters. Yeah, yeah. So you kind of knew that that was kind of gonna come. But there's a movie that I, I think might be even kind of neo noir ish. It's called Deep Cover with uh, I think Lawrence Fishburne is in that. It's like an oh, early yeah. '90s, which I've never seen, but I was watching the trailer and reading about. It, it sounds mm-hmm. really cool. So. 
I'm definitely going to get that. Isn't that the one that, um, there's that, is that the one with 187 from Dr. Dre and uh, Snoop Dogg? That I don't know. I mean, I haven't seen it, so I don't know. <laughs> Dan, look that up. That might be a fact check. It needs to be a fact check because only just because we just were talking about hip hop. Yes. You know, this is now the true test. Do, do, do we know what we're talking about? Or are we just a bunch of white people who should shut the fuck up? <sighs> Maybe it's both. Just look up 187 Dr. Dre and see if that is with Deep Cover. Yeah, I'm looking up the soundtrack now. Yeah, Deep Cover. Yep. Yeah, yep. it's the first first song on the uh, on the soundtrack. So you are. That was a big. Sir. That was a big deal in its day. 187 on a motherfucking cop. A little apropos of this movie, you know. <laughs> if you hate cops, there you go. But yeah, Deep Cover. I haven't seen it since it was like out, but it was okay. Yeah, seems cool. Yeah. Definitely like definitely piqued my interest. So I'll be picking that up. We'll keep an eye out for that. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, probably a neo-noir. We could probably maybe get it in there somehow. I don't somewhere. know if it's worthy of the neo-noir member year one. But yes, certainly in the future. We can keep it keep it out there. Possibly by year, like, five or six of our long-running podcast, we'll, uh, yes. we'll do that. Episode 1000. What are, what episode is this? We're, we got to be close 30. to 30. This is 30. This okay. is 30. 30 and flirty. Welcome to it. The asphalt jungle. You ready to get into it, Dan? I am. And I think it's a, I think it's a good one for, for 30, I think. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> the asphalt uh -oh. jungle. John Houston is back. It, this is uh, I, I don't know if it's a full uh-oh, Dan, but we're, we're going to talk it. I think with all these John Houstons, they really just need to be discussed, you know? Mm -hmm. We got Sterling Hayden, too. Sterling Hayden's back. He was fantastic in this as Dix Hanley. Amazing name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dixon, of course, his gal Dolly, or Doll, rather. Doll. Dixon, uh, Doll. With Dixon Doll, which was just like, oh my God, that's incredible. Yes. Sure. Why not? So, yes, directed by John Houston, and it was released May 12th, 1950, based off of the 1949 novel of the same title by W.R. Burnett. Adapted for the screen by Houston and Ben Maddow. Produced by MGM and distributed by Lowe's Incorporated. Welcome to the show. Welcome. I love this movie. Uh, this is this is like one that like I got that got recommended to me a long time ago uh, at, by a friend that like knew knows what I like. And he's just like, oh, you haven't seen this movie? He's like, go watch this movie. Like, just go watch this movie. And I've watched it many times since. And yeah, I, I always have a good time. I hope to like it more in the future. I... I it it was okay. Okay. I thought it ended quite nicely, but yes. boy, it's it, this movie is too long in my opinion. It, the the it, beginning yeah. was a slog to get through. Yes. The problem with John Houston, I'm finding, is it's so tough. This was the same case with the Maltese Falcon. The Falcon. We get to say it again. <laughs> It came first and then had so many people learn these lessons afterwards and do it better. I mean, like, speaking of Sterling Hayden, six years later, you get him in The Killing, and it, it has a lot of similarities. Yes. And I say as far as, like, hey, this is building up, like, with the heist before we even get to it, the planning, that movie is more successful to me. Yeah. And that movie is quick as hell. I think you could have shaved off at least, like, a half hour somehow, mm -hmm. and you'd be fine. I, I just, I'm sure at the time it was revolutionary of, like, we're building up to this. Right. But it just was a slog. This was a, a two-parter for me. I fell asleep 
do that first part but i woke up and i'm like all right let's do this and one as soon as the heist happened and everything after it was great i had a great time with it all right i think through our discussion you might might like it a little more i'm hoping let's find out yes we got criminal mastermind erwin Schneider. i'll do my best i am german i should be good with these yes. names but we'll find out but we're gonna call him doc huh? yeah i was gonna say doc doc would, would, would be good yes yeah, so introductions were formal so He's out of prison. He just got out after seven years, and he's he's ready to get some action going. Behind the wall. Yes, behind the wall. <laughs> You're going to be doing some heavy lifting on this episode, Dave. There, I will say I'm about this, for it. Th- this, this one has a lot of great slang in it, so that, that if, if for nothing else, I, I enjoy that. It does have great slang in it, and actually, when they went to release this movie in Britain, that was some trouble because they hesitated because of that slang, and they were like... With movies back then, if there was too much American slang, they'd be like, our audience is going to get confused. Just dub it over completely. <laughs> and so they were thinking about doing it. They did a screening, and actually they were like, no, this is too good. Put it out there. We're not going to redub it. And it actually earned good box office returns in England. Cool. Worth well, doing. I'll just say, I mean, I hope they know what clip joints are over over there, <laughs> or they did at the time. Because I, I, I don't want, know. <laughs> uh, clip, clip joint, you don't know what a clip joint is? No, I do, yes. Okay. So yeah, he's he's out and he's ready to get some action going. So he visits a bookie named Cobby, who is played by Mark Lawrence. Mm-hmm. We're in the Midwest. They don't really say, and, and I saw it was filmed like in a lot of different places, a lot of Ohio, Kentucky, and Ohio. Yes. Yeah, and they kind of portray roughly about that. They don't name a specific city though. Yeah, and the author's from Chicago, so I mean, it's definitely like a you know a Midwest thing. Are you familiar with the Midwest, Dan? Have you you not really. No, I haven't really spent. You've probably spent a lot more time there than I have. I think, but one I've thing been through that, it many a time. Yeah, one thing I, I want to get back to though, and it's and it's on the front cover of of the Criterion Collection too, is that great opening scene with Sterling Hayden, where he's he's kind of hiding from the from the police. Yes, because he just he just basically that's how we're introduced to to him, and and it's the very very beginning. But it's just a great shot where it's him behind the uh, like the pillar of the building, and and then he's trying to hide out. It's just a great great shot. I don't. I, I wasn't really impressed with the design on this one, but it is. It, it's a. It's a cool shot. It, it's. It's. I see why you would go for it. I don't know if it was just executed properly, but I don't know mm. what you would do either. You know. Yeah. No. I. I. I liked it. I. I liked. I liked the star. I like when he interacts with Gus, and you could tell Gus is is a buddy. Tries to help cover up him getting picked up by the police, but it doesn't help too much. Gus played by James Whitmore. Mm-hmm. So there's a meeting going on where you got Cobby and Doc and a lawyer named Alonzo Emmerich. And Doc wants to, he's going to steal some jewelry. This is a jewelry heist movie, mm-hmm. which is interesting because he's yes. just straight up cash. Yeah. It was new at the time. Like, I think that was a new yeah. concept at that time to, to portray something like that. I mean, jewels are cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sure, especially at that time, like, I mean, it was more of a thing. I don't know. You don't really hear like jewel heists anymore, you know? No. Probably because really. it's just harder to, pawn and get rid of as as we'll find out in this movie <laughs> well yeah there you go i mean beyond that it must have gotten harder yeah it's hard hard to get some fences i guess sometimes and i think with tech, modern technology too i mean it's you know the technology has changed a lot since then as far as security goes i think that would be a, maybe a little bit diff, more difficult to do it it was pretty difficult to do it with this one though there was some high-tech sensors that needed to be avoided as we'll get which to. is a lot of fun <laughs> yeah because you're just like what are you doing <laughs> The first guy who did it, you're just like, that's a choice, huh? And then yeah. you're like, oh, wait, no. that's yeah. that electric eye or whatever they said. Yeah. 
So yeah, the, we're gonna it, we're gonna steal this jewelry. It's worth half a million dollars, or maybe even more. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't know. But we need fifty thousand dollars to hire three men: a safe cracker, a driver, and a hooligan. A muscle. A muscle. <laughs> oh yeah, a big big muscle guy to pull off this caper. You know, typical heist. <laughs> yeah, you need that that you know gang gang all yeah. different different types of people. And so Emmerich, he decides he's gonna he's he'll bankroll this thing. He's played by uh, Lewis Calhern. Also, I, I was I was saying like I'm like what do I know him from? And he's in Duck Soup. Uh, the like, oh boy, my, my, okay, yeah, my favorite uh, Marx Brothers movie. Um, and I'm like this guy looks familiar. I know I know him for somewhere, and it hit me as I was watching it. He was all right. I did, I wasn't too yeah into him. I, I could see him being great in Duck Soup. Like oh, he's so, great as yeah, a foil. He's a foil. In he it. seems like a perfect foil. Like you're just like I mean, he's a bit of a foil in this too, in a way. Like at least he he gets foiled, you know, but. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just he just seemed a little out of place in this one. No, in, in Duck Soup, uh, uh, in particular, there's a long scene with uh, Chico and Harpo where they where they just like basically just totally mess with them for like a really long time, and it's it's really it's really great. One <laughs> I of my seen all, it one in of the one of the Love greatest comedies of all time. Is Duck Soup a Criterion? No, but um, I do have. There's a Marx Brothers bo- Blu-ray box set that came out a few years ago that's in that, and it looked great. Um, oh, cool! So I definitely recommend that one. Um, but yeah, I, I have so I have it on Blu-ray. You do? Are you sure, Dan? That surprises yes. me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I do like the March Brothers a lot, so I that was that was a definite e- easy sell, easy buy for me. That's who, that's who they're hoping for when they put these. Yep, things out. they they saw who's coming. It was me. <laughs> <laughs> got that got that hook right in. They sure did, but no, not the opera though, which which is is disappointing. That I don't think that's on Blu-ray still, which is a bummer. That's shocking. Yeah, it is very shocking. There I must be like some thing. Yeah. yeah, like a lot of people just trying to get their the take of it yeah i'll have to look up maybe maybe it's been a while since i looked maybe there is and i'm not aware of it but not that i'm i have it on dvd but not that i'm aware of it. i haven't looked dan's gonna look right now to find out i will as 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 you keep talking i'll double check i will it. vamp as dan looks because i'm ricky so yeah he agrees to he's gonna bankroll this thing and he will also want, take on the diamonds and, and get rid of them you know he knows people exactly he's he, a he rich thinks, man i'll take all. care of it doc hires louis Ciavelli, right is that how it's pronounced dan uh, I think, think Chiavelli. That's like Chiavelli. How you, that, that's Thank how you pronounce it in Italian. Thank you. I can take the German names. You get those. Uh, <laughs> he's going to be our safe cracker. He's a professional, and he, he at the same time only trusts Gus, who is the diner owner. He's not the guy who's like running bets, is he? Who? Oh, the the guy that's running bets is Cobby. That's his. Cobby. That's, that's right. That's that's, right. that's his parlor. Like that's his little seedy parlor. He runs that, and then he. He brings in Emmerich because, because like Emmerich's like a known like he's a lawyer. He's kind of like a big wig, has his hands in a lot of businesses. They, apparently, he's rich, um, so they think he's he's like oh, you know what? I'm going to call this guy. I'll bring him in because Doc mentions his name. He's like oh I never thought to to bring him in, but let's bring him in. He could probably help us out and and bankroll this thing. By the way, uh, it is not on Blu-ray. Not, it is not, not on Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Thank you very much. Can tell. <laughs> so <laughs> I will, I'll conjure that one too. But you know, if we have to choose. Yeah, I feel like we wait on that a little longer because you know it's gonna come. Like that's just a matter of like if when? not when or when yeah. not if. <laughs> <laughs> the old switcheroo. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. So yeah, uh, then we also have Dix Hanley, of course, who is a friend of Gus, and he, yeah, he's just like a grizzled criminal, you know, like the kind of guy you want in on kind of pettyish you know? theft kind of guy like yeah just kind of a hooligan guy yeah like he's ready to get into the shit with you if you need him and yeah if as long as you know him and 
And his performance is great. Like, I mean, I, I mean, just look at his face is intimidating in this movie. Like, like, I mean, obviously he's a, he's a big guy too, but when you just look at his face, like that angry face that he gives, it's like, I would, I would be intimidated by him. Like I would not. Yeah. No, this, I would say this is my favorite performance I've seen of him. And he definitely is like the, the reason to see this movie. I mean, I, he, as much as, as there was so much lead up of just the planning and meeting everybody, like yeah. he was always great. I was always glad to see him. And also scenes with Dahl Conovan, mm. played by Gene Hagen. Uh, she was great. I, she made some choices with that performance, but I think they were successful. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I, I think she was okay. I think there were some moments where she was really good uh, in it, though. I, I will say, I mean, as much as I love Sterling Haley in this one, you don't like him more in Johnny Guitar. You don't, you don't, you don't like him singing and playing guitar. And <laughs> I don't mind. I like it, but I mean. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, like, I, I love that I movie, understand. too. But yeah. No, he, he, I think I think you're right. I think this is his best performance. I, I, I like him better in this than in The Killing, I, I would say. Yeah, I do The too. Killing is a better movie and a better heist and everything. I, I think he's more he's way more successful in this. This movie brings you down into this like weird underworld where well, it's like an like, asphalt jungle dead? Exactly. Yeah, or, or I would say even it's, it's mostly almost like more subterranean feel to it. Yeah, you know I mean, like even so, like, yeah. like asphalt, you're thinking it's actual ground. But what were the, What was the tagline? Like the city beneath the city, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, you're right. But yeah, and and it's interesting. Like the kind of like you know, there's not real much difference between all these people, even though some of them are kind of hooligans and hoods and stuff like that, and some of them are Emmerich who's supposed to be like this like kind of like upstanding guy, but like there's not really much difference between them as far. No, I mean, he's a piece in of the shit. End. Yeah. He, uh, he has a wife who's like bedridden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's sick. Yeah, who just wants to play cards, and he has a, a side thing going on with Marilyn Monroe. He looks absolutely gorgeous in this movie. <laughs> what do you think of her acting, though? I thought she was a little evergreen in this one. Um, at times, I liked her more at the end. Yeah, I thought it was more like that. Brief, the brief first scene. It was just a little like first first day on set. Yeah, but I definitely I warmed up to her performance at the end. I liked. I mean, this was basically her first role, so like, I mean, yeah. kind of out, out of the gate, I think she did pretty well considering. You know, I, I, yeah, I agree. I think she really shines at the end um, yes. for sure. That's really her moment. But yeah, no, overall, I, I like her in this movie. And you see, uh, Emmerich just like <laughs> when they kiss, it is disgusting. <laughs> it, I was gonna say it was one of the most awkward screen kisses I've ever seen in my life. Uh, like just, and he, it was almost just like, this is what it was like for you, wasn't it? You poor woman, like <laughs> just these old dudes just like trying to kiss up on you and you're just like, oh, great. Yeah, it's just, yeah. It, the, I, it's funny you mentioned it because I thought the same thing as I was watching because I, I mean, I've seen it a bunch, but like I forget about like that relationship's weird, but also just like that, that kiss is They say so that she's old enough to be his granddaughter. Yes. And she calls him Uncle Lon. Oh, yeah. Which is which, also really weird. Yeah. Well, Alonzo, but yeah. Yeah. Uncle was still not what you the want uncle to be called part, by yeah, your, yeah, the your uncle mistress, part. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he even mentions he's like, I don't, I don't want you to call me that anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No. We, we were all very uncomfortable with it, but now let me be just like old, gross, and just fucking come up on you. Awful, um, yeah. What's the big idea standing there staring at me, Uncle Lon? Don't call me Uncle Lon. I thought you liked it. Maybe I did. I don't anymore. But yeah, he's like paying for her to like live in this place. Mm. Is you know his little fuck pet he's got. Yeah. Yeah, Amber. What a guy. Yeah. I hope he gets his, Dad. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> Doll. It also should be said like she she's down on her luck. Like, what's her deal? Like, she, is she like? 
she's not like a prostitute, is she? But like, she's definitely, is she? No. So no, she, yeah, but like, she she's works just at like, a club joint. That's, yeah, that, like, that's where I was getting that from. So yeah, she works at a club there joint. There you go. I'm guessing she's probably like either like a dancer, like maybe like a burlesque dancer or maybe a stripper. Something maybe? a little seedy, but like she's yeah. not psyched on it. Like she's barely making it by. Like, the, of course, because Dix, he's a shady guy. Like he's not living anywhere too special himself. So, you know, she just wants to do better. And so she's really, she's really in love with Dix. And Dix just like, he doesn't care at all. <laughs> yeah, he's very just like in his he's, own world. Yeah, He's in his own world. And that world, as we find out, is that he, he had this family farm in Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like been in their family for generations. And then basically when it came down to him and his brother, like when they were finally going to get it, they lost his farm immediately. Mm-hmm. And his dream was to buy back the farm and hang out with the horses that are there mm-hmm. and make it all happen. That, so that's what he's his motivation is for this. And he's he's very has tunnel vision for this thing that he can't see that doll loves him. And yeah. That maybe he should just settle down and figure that out. Yeah. Just take your eyelashes off and <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, definitely the f- oldest movie I've seen eyelashes being taken off in. Yeah. Sure. And it was one, the one was like on for a while while well, she took the other one off. Yeah, yeah. where it was like one yeah. was off and one was on. Very, yeah. very fascinating. Uh, yeah. Boy, these routines, these these beauty routines, huh, Dan? Did yeah. you ever imagine doing that? No. Like putting on lashes? No. It's also intricate. Like when I think of like con- putting in contacts, like I get like skeeved out. I couldn't imagine like having to do that stuff. No, I, I can't touch eyes. That's two like, glasses yeah. wearers. I, yeah. yeah, I know you're on board. I can't, yeah, the eyeball is, is yeah. tough. I've never had contacts. As long as I've had glasses, I've had glasses since I was a little kid. And yeah, I've always had glasses. Never, never contacts. I, I had a good run with no, no glasses for a while. And then of course I probably should have got them sooner than I did. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but then I got them. And then mostly I was like, I would wear them to drive and then I would take them off. Yeah. And then it just got to the point where I'm like, Hey, when I'm driving, like I'm very comfortable. <laughs> and when I'm not, I'm like walking into shit. So. Yeah, I was just saying, like, I would leave them on for a while, like, to see the like the, the board at school or something like that, because I was I was nearsighted. And then yeah. over time, I would just leave them on. And I was just like, I was I was so b- bad at just like taking them off, putting them you on. Just, yeah, them. that's how they get yeah. you. They break you down eventually. Yeah. Everyone who gets forced to wear glasses is like, not me, man. Like, just when yeah. I need them, and then eventually, like, what am I doing? Like, who's got the time? Yeah. Now, now they're just a part of me. <laughs> exactly. It's the uh, it's like a new pair of underpants. Exactly. I'm glad. I'm glad you got that reference. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, there's just like so much. Let's see, everybody. I mean, like, do you want to get into anything before we get to the heist? I, I mean, the, the write-up we're working with is a little jumpy to to that part, but yeah, I think we basically. I mean, there, it really everything. is like 40 minutes. I looked at the clock of like build up to the heist. Yeah, I mean, there's the plans. Because here's think, what you said about the killing. It, you know, it does that same thing. But that movie is done like in like an hour ten or something like that. Like yeah. it's in and out, and so like you really are. Everything's moving along so much that like you're not really forced to be anywhere too long. Whereas this, I mean, I, I John Huston's thing is definitely that he likes like characters for sure, and he like he, he would rather just get into their heads and their emotions and their you know their their motivations then like hey let's just get to the action and all the suspense and stuff like that and i appreciate that he lets stuff breathe but i think sometimes it could be a bit too long i mean you think of the end of the falcon and like they're just in that room for the last like over half hour you yeah 
No, I, I think what I like about this this uh, you know movie in particular with him is th- is that he was really influenced by like Italian neo realism, and you see that a lot in the cinematography. You kind of see like some of these rundown buildings. You see the alley, especially in the beginning, for yeah, sure. Yeah, that... and, and and I think the pacing too. I think is kind of a little bit of that as well. And he did, like you said, he wanted to let the characters breathe a little bit, and you're kind of learning a little bit about them. But one thing I really liked, and I was thinking about, I like the rapport between Doc and Dix. Like I, I like. That you see, even when after that they have that the last gathering where they they're violent plans for the the heist, and he pulls him aside and says, "Look, like I have a feeling about Emmerich where he might try to double cross us." He's like, "If we go when we go to collect, you and I are going to go there. Are you able to like take care of?" He's like, "I got you." Like I, yeah. I like and, and and their their relationship still stays pretty close throughout the rest of the movie. And oh I, yeah, and I really they don't like ever that. turn yeah. on each other or, yeah. or try to get one over together. there. They, they try to stay together as long as they can until there's, it's just no longer a choice. Yeah. Yes. But I, I, like, I like the relationship between the, those two in particular. And for those looking for some neorealist films, uh, Open City from 1945 mm-hmm. and The Bicycle Thieves from 1948 were some big influences on this. Definitely. One, so. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like the War Trilogy stuff from Mussolini and, and uh, Bicycle Thieves, yes, definitely. And I think I, I do think it works, like the noir and, and neorealism combination. Yeah. Like, I, I think they... It, it complements each other quite well. It's very earthy, realistic, gritty, like whatever adjective you want to describe it. But yeah, it, it gives it a, a very like almost authentic. It doesn't feel as like certain like, you know, even like thinking about Maltese Falcon, that felt a little bit more fake, some of the set design, but this felt very realistic. It felt like you were actually there. And I think that's one difference even between Houston film noirs. I will say, yeah, by this point, cause we're almost, what, like almost 10 years since Falcon, Almost, yeah, right? nine years, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I'd say he's a better, he's a more confident and better filmmaker by this point. And I like this movie more than The Falcon for sure. I would probably yeah, and I think he was just coming off. I think he had a movie or, uh, or two before was Treasure of Sierra Maggi, which I think might be his best movie. Um, yeah. So I think by that point, especially, I think he'd really start getting. Yeah, you know, and he had a lot of creative going. control in this movie. I mean, he was able to get Sterling Hayden cast. They were old friends, very political together. Yes, they were. They were trying to help with the uh, HUAC. Uh, with the, um, they were very much against the um, blacklisting uh, yes. and stuff like that. They were very vocal about that. You know who didn't like the neorealism and, and any of this movie was the producer Louis B. Mayer from MGM. No? Uh, he, he quote said, it's trash. That asphalt pavement thing is full of nasty, <laughs> ugly people doing nasty things. I wouldn't cross the street to see a picture like that, end quote. Grown, big groan. See, when I read things like that, that's where I'm like, oh, I better try to like this movie more because that's not the side I want to be on. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I think this movie's cool. Like, I, you know, I like it for that. I mean, that's why you watch a movie like this. And, and that's, I think, one of the most important things about this movie is that it, it doesn't necessarily condone crime, but it really pulls you into that mentality. Like, you're not necessarily thinking... Like, it doesn't thinking condone crime, but I know? think it, like, it humanizes criminals, you know? Yes, yes. It, it's it not def- like police procedural where you're like, the, it's like you're, you're following the police, you know, going after the bad guys. You're not, yeah. you're not oh, getting Oh, no, it. and like, and the, when you do get the cops, they suck. Who's the, the, the... Lieutenant Dietrich. He's like the main, the, the main guy. Yes. He's uh, the one that kind of like shakes him down a little, shakes down Cobby a little bit because they're buddies. So he's like, he keeps telling like, oh, I'm going to bust you. And then Cobby slips him some money. No, no, no. I like Dietrich. Not Dietrich. Okay. Dietrich's okay. cool. I thought he was all right, especially like later on when like he, he definitely like beats him up a little bit. He's like, yeah, you wouldn't stand up to pressure. I, I love that scene. Um, okay. No, oh. no, no. Like the, the, like the commissioner. Commissioner. Or whatever, like the yeah. main guy. 
The, uh, that's the commissioner, yeah. He sucked. And he was, he was like, I think maybe one of the first, like the oldest movie I'd seen with like that angry commissioner or captain or chief, you know, the main guy. He just sucked. And he has a speech at the end that we'll get into where it's just, he really sucked. Yeah, which apparently it's in the book. Apparently it's in, it's a actually, they, they took that directly from the book. And, and this was a quite faithful adaptation, which was important to John Huston. He was actually friends with W.R. Burnett and they worked together in the past. But yeah, he's it really he he more took away than added anything, and but a lot of this is actually just is straight from the book dialogue and everything. Yeah. And W. R. Burnett actually signed off on the script by the end of it. I mean, that's how important it was to John Huston to make sure he got it right, which I respect. I, yeah. I like that a lot. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we're at the heist, right? You ready yep. to heist it? I'm ready. And up to this point, I say. I can't recommend this movie. Okay. <laughs> it just is not what I'm looking for. Uh, I understand that it was revolutionary at the time, but other movies have done it better. I mean, even just coming from Odds Against Tomorrow, well, that's some great like heist planning and leading up to. I, it's just it's been masterfully done at this point. But mm-hmm. I get that this is the blueprint, and they even going into some of these special features. They're saying how like this movie was remade as other movies. There was a TV show, I think, too. There was a TV show, but like, I mean, like they even like were like, let's do this, but as a western, or like you know, they did it with as African American cast in the seventies. You know, like Mm. it's it's a very potent kind of blueprint, and that's the problem with coming first. You know, yeah, it's just tough. But then we get to this heist stuff, and I like all this stuff. I mean, one thing about the heist you can say is like, because you see the running time, like this is going to be a good chunk of it. Maybe we're really going to like build some bombs or like figure out the clock and oh god someone's coming around the corner but everything's very efficient and quick you know you're barely in this heist for that long but it's still tense i mean it's still very oh i mean it's absolutely tense but you would just totally typically expect it to go longer but i i like that it was so quick and everything after was so important and that's the meat of the movie i'm fine with that Mm -hmm. it's the aftermath that that, you know yeah, yeah no at this at this point i'm like thinking like all right can't wait to get into this episode be like girl this movie but then it's like all right asphalt jungle you got me this is this is hold you back in this is some good stuff i don't regret this 50 percent off purchase from the criterion sale i got uh i will say though that helped with the bitter pill a little bit of the beginning (laughs) i was like at least it's 20 bucks you know yeah you get the hammering through the brick wall which was interesting looks exhausting <laughs> yes yeah well they go first they go through the sewer uh yes to get which there. is really cool i love a good sewer got a bit of a third man vibe to it yes i love how easy it is for sterling hayden because he's so big that he could just like in one fell swoop just puts that little like instrument into it and, like and yanks it out it yep. looks like no effort yeah and sterling hayden at this point like he's ready to go he's in his element like this yeah. is this is his world he's ready to do it yeah and this is his out i mean this is this is what's going to propel him into his his dream of of going back home i mean this is why he's doing it so they hammer through the brick wall to get to the jewelry store and then we also have the soup is was that what it was called the soup but it's basically yeah. like homemade explosives maybe yeah, it's so nitroglycerin we, I, I believe it was yeah yeah they keep calling it the soup, which they is keep a, calling it the soup, which was a good time. Yeah, um, I, I enjoyed that. And they're like, be very careful with it. And then he like <laughs> uses his mouth to open it. He's got the cork in his mouth. What are you doing? That made me. That always makes me very uncomfortable when he does that. Oh my god! Yeah. It's like if you got if you got your mouth that close to to nitroglycerin, you might drink it. Like that's that's not good. That's not good. Not at all. And from here on out, things are going bad. They when they blow it up, it affects the whole 
block the whole area and all the business alarms are going off. Yeah, I mean, it, it causes quite a rumble. You quite know. a commotion, for yeah. sure. Everyone's seeing what's going on. Now they're waiting for, like, a security guard to come in as they're doing we should, it. We should also we should also mention the uh, what we alluded to earlier with the, uh, the infamous uh, in- invisible alarm system. <laughs> yes, of course. So, yeah, they're like, watch out for the electric guy, which I thought was a camera at the time. Yes. I'm like, okay. But, yeah, they... <laughs> They're going into the uh, or out of the safe, I guess. Well, in in first and then out. In first, but yeah, yeah it's, it's more towards like the entrance area yeah. of it. And then they're like, get down on the ground and just kind of scooch through. And you're like, wait, what? Trying <laughs> to go then, under it, they, yeah. Yeah, and then when they all do it, you're like, oh, okay, wait, there's some sort of sensor there that we're all missing. But that was great. I would, if the fans want to send us some gifs of that, we'll take them. Yes. We'll take that and also the sleeping bags from the hitchhiker scooches. You know, yes. if you want to put together a compilation. If, we even love, if you we need love a, that. a scooch lettered box list, you know, well, we got two for you already. Yeah. We're and, only and giving right, you two. At the very least, it would be like a good screenshot for the release uh, yeah, of, should, a, we of make, a scooch. should we make this the episode uh, picture yeah, of the scooch? Yeah, a scooch, yeah. Let's get a screen. <laughs> really screen capture gonna the sell scooch. you want to watch this movie is the scooch. Yeah. Right, fair enough. A little scooch will do. I get you. Yep. Uh, a little so scooch this... for you. <laughs> no scooch for you. <laughs> the, the guard goes in. They time it just right to get him, but he drops his gun, which then goes off, which was a little... Uh, whimsical i guess that's unfortunate just, it's just I, I can that happen like i, I know old guns are, are crazy but like yeah it can oh yeah i mean a gu- especially a gun of that era i mean i'm not actually on guns but i that is possible that it that the impact of that hitting the ground can certainly do that Still gets the firing pin to, to hit yeah especially the trigger not used. yeah if it was i think it was, especially if it was cocked i think i think yeah and i do that seems great by the way i mean the, the lead up to that because you're anticipating just with that with the, the guys making the heist of yeah. like you got throwing hand behind the door like all right get wait for yeah, him we're like, gonna open it at him, a specific the door, time and then, he, then he bashes them yeah that's great but yeah it's just like it's like come on it's like unfortunate for them they're like come on like of course that happens the gun just happens to fall and then shoot up and and and, and hit the guy uh what's his name uh this is the italian name. italian guy yeah i can't think of his name uh Chiavelli, yeah and he's the family man we, we should get into as well like he's got a, a sick kid and yeah got a wife who loves him maria mm-hmm. played by teresa celli sounds also italian so yeah. that's cool so, uh, she's great i liked her a lot actually yeah uh, she, she was a very good concerned wife mm-hmm. so he, and he wants to be taken home too like after he gets shot like he doesn't want to go to a doctor yeah and that's where you really get the most of, of maria his wife yes everything's going bad everyone's gotta to disperse so gus and chiavelli they go back to the chiavelli household and they try to get a doctor. It's like a friend that wasn't used to be a doctor, but I guess he's like not a doctor anymore. Kind of like a dark passage where like the guy that does the surgery on him used to be a, a, a surgeon or a doctor. Like, you know, that CD underworld where like they were kind of like a, a bad doctor and they Something lose happens, their practice. Yeah. yeah. One and of I, the best episodes of Batman, the animated series, which is on the, the my noir inspired episodes is paging the crime doctor. It involves a, a mob boss's br- uh, brother who was a doctor who lost his license, but like he just works for the mob now. Oh, they, they can still find employment. Yeah, there you go. It's all about who you know, right, Dan? Yep. Oh boy. Exactly. So that's happening, and then we get Dix and Doc. They go to Emmerich, and this is where you get the turn. Where it turns out, yeah, he he sucks. He's not going to be able to pay them anything or even get rid of these jewels. But he's like, why don't you leave it with me? I'll hold on to it for a few days. We'll figure something out, and 
Nobody likes that. I both I both love and hate that. Like maybe my favorite part of his performance is in this scene where he where he has, he's like very casual and has like the cigarette. He's like, look, I'm sorry, but I feel really bad. But I don't have I don't have the money. But he like kind of like says it like in like kind of like a real like jerk kind of way. Like oh yeah, oh, oh well, like, sorry, I don't have it. What the fuck was he expecting though? I yeah. mean, like they went through with this thing. Yeah. Like it was now or never. You know, right. and, and and I guess it wasn't even now or never because they were happy to wait earlier because like didn't they need to wait on emmerich like a few days anyways yeah because what emmerich wanted to do was he was waiting he has a private investigator friend that uh i forget his name now bob uh, branham bob branham and he asked him to go to his debtors because he, he doesn't have any money he, lo- he lost all his money and that's yes. why he can't bankroll it so he asked his his private investigator to go to his debtors to try to collect on debts that are owed to emmerich so he could try to raise the money but he ends up coming up with nothing. He's, he's not able to muscle or get any money out of anybody, but he's there with him. Yeah, at, so they decide to team yeah. up and they're like, why don't we just screw these guys over exactly. instead? Yeah. And that was, uh, Brad Dexter played Bob Branham and mm-hmm. this was his first role, I believe I saw. And he's an interesting character. I, he's, he doesn't yeah. play a huge role, but I, I, I like I like him. He's a very interesting guy because he's kind of, he's a private investigator and it seems like he has maybe a tiny bit of integrity, but he also <laughs> seems like kind of like a shady dude too. So it's like, he has like a weird... There's a weirdness about it. I can't I can't get a full read on him. Yeah. And you and you see that in his ultimate uh demise. I know I'm giving away. Yeah, now, I was gonna but... say don't get attached. Well, I mean, it happens right now. Uh Dix and Doc, they don't like this whole arrangement that leaving the jewelry behind and, and the fact that this guy can't even pay. Branham, he he takes out a gun and, and Dix goes ahead and handles that, but he yep. takes a slug himself. Yeah, it kinda it says it kinda like scrapes by like he he jumps out of the way and it, so it kinda like it creates like a gash, but I don't think it actually like went into him and like was lodged. So, yeah, so he's yeah. definitely pretty, pretty significantly wounded, but it, the bullet didn't actually go into him. I think, you know, as long as you take care of that in a timely manner, you'll probably be okay. Yeah. I, I would think so. Yeah. I think if he got, in that, that don't think it's just going to heal itself, sir. Yes. Yeah. I mean, he tried it. He, he did his own bandaging on it, which, you know, that was good enough. He probably thought this will do. Yeah. All, all the, all wounds are just can be taken care of with a bandage, you know? Yeah, why not? As long as you don't see it, it's not there, right? Exactly. So Doc, he's like, yo, man, what the hell, Emmerich? That's not cool. You know, we're going to go ahead and take all this stuff back. Yeah. Your little deal of getting 25% of their value isn't going to do it. Emmerich, he's like, let's get rid of Brandom's body, puts it in the river, decides not to check the pockets or anything like that, just throw that body in there. You know, it's only a private investigator. They don't have pockets full of incriminating information ever that scene was wild where he throws the bot <laughs> and it has that down the downward cam the camera shot and, and as it hits the water i thought it was, i mean it's played pretty well yeah oh, totally but yeah i i did enjoy that scene and those cops they find that body instantly yeah and they they go to question emmerich that was he, very fast that they found him he, he oh, apparently yeah. traveled pretty quickly popped right <laughs> yeah. up and it was like oh by the way check my pockets i got a whole list of these criminals that we're working with yeah, it was all the guys that owed him money. It was because he was on yeah. that case for him. So I mean, he's trying to he tries to come up with an alibi of of that, and and also with Marilyn Monroe as well. Yeah, of basically trying to say why he has that information for him. And, and said, "Oh, hey, by the way, I'm uh, in this affair." Yeah, to try to keep it hush. Don't, don't tell yeah. anybody, and uh, she'll go ahead and say that I was with her from like eleven to three or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he has to immediately call her and tell her to lie. She's like, oh, hey, can you do it? And she's just like the nicest person ever. I was like, yeah, of course. Of course I mean, yeah. she's. She seems to like him. Like, I don't think she's... She, honestly, like, it doesn't seem like it's a very, like, gold diggy type thing. Like, it, it does seem like... 
I mean, I'm sure it, it, it's a bit of that, but I mean, yeah. I, I think, I don't think she, she's choosing to call him uncle, you know, not. I think, yeah, I think, and, yeah, she has a, lo- a certain lo- good amount of affection towards him, definitely. I think a lot of that relationship is also like what he, like what he gives to her is what she enjoys out of the relationship as well. Like, cause if he's like this rich kind of like influential guy, you know, he's taking her on a trip to Cuba as we find out later, like they're, they're planning on doing that. Well, he's trying to keep it in the States and she's like, no, 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 we're going to Cuba. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like they, like they want to go away together. Like, you know, I, I think, you know, he wants to kind of dote on her a little bit, you know, as part of that dynamic of that relationship. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, when you look like, like Marilyn Monroe, you're like, look, I, it's going to be some rich ass guy. So you better be cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's like, yeah. all right, Everett's going to step up. Also, then we, we get back to, oh, it was police commissioner Hardy, by the way, is our commissioner friend. Yes. And by friend, I mean foe, because that guy is just a dick. Played it great, you know, <laughs> if I'm able to hate him that much. So you get Lieutenant Dietrich, he goes to Cobby. This is where he's like, oh, you know, we got to make sure everything's going to be okay. And I don't think you're strong enough to take this. You know, like if you make a deal, you can just get like a year max. Yeah. So, Cobby, do you figure me for a pal or don't you? Sure do, Lieutenant. And take my advice and turn states. We'll make ourselves a little deal with the commissioner. You won't get more than a year or two. Look, I'm clean. I don't know where the doc went. That's the truth. They won't believe you at headquarters, Cobby. Every time you tell them that, they'd work you over. And you ain't the type that can take it. Believe me, you'd spill your guts in half an hour. But I do. Yeah. Li- I did like that scene where you, you're really seeing Cobby's really trying to like keep it close to the vest. He's not trying. No, I love Cobby. He's I- innocent. I love that scene where Cobby was feeding that cat. <laughs> uh, the, well, there's that, and, the, and the, when he's sweating, and when they mention, he's like, "Oh, I like." Oh, when I he like, touches money, he yeah, sweats. He yeah, sweats, yeah, and and even uh, Emmerich mentions that he's like, "No, I like to see him sweat." You know, yeah. he, know he knows that about him. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah I, Cobby was great. I, I thought he yeah. was cool. Oh uh, yeah, but I love that scene where that that cat did a great job. It was just sitting there eating the whole time. Yeah, <laughs> as they're like just going through this great scene yeah Cobby's yeah, a great character Cobby yeah. was great uh and especially yeah, where he's like beating up got beat up and was like crying like I, yes. I don't know I, just, I really felt for that guy but it didn't work out he gets arrested as does Gus yeah Gus goes down because he realizes that Gus realizes that he uh he named names and he and he you know signed a signed a uh you know release saying like oh like you know a statement saying that he oh, all the people that were involved and so forth so Gus like tries to I like that scene where Gus tries to go and like strangle him at the jail <laughs> is this where we get to that like yeah this is where we get to the store where like they're hiding out at Dix yeah and doc right yeah so yeah so yeah, do you doc, remember that doc guy's doc. name uh i think i do what was his name um, oh wait i got it i got it i got it so his name was alberto morin and he played eddie donato yes donato's grocery that's right yeah and it was eddie donato's grocery that just cracked me up so much. So, hey, I'm Eddie Donato. This is my grocery store. Come on in. <laughs> and it, the reason why I have was I did actually have it was it turns out his dialogue was dubbed over because he was Puerto Rican and they needed Eddie Donato to be Italian. Oh, well, I like that they were like they try to they like yeah we I have this like safe house that's like you know in this area that like the cops don't ever go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was like that was. But they're out. These cops are looking hard for these guys. They're they're everywhere, and so. At this point, it's like, hey, we're, we got to split up. Well, that's how they find out that, um, that what's his name? Uh, Chiavelli is Had, dead because they actually end up going to his funeral when they try to go find him. They're this, rounding up everybody up now. I mean, that, that's happening. I mean, they round yeah. up Gus and Cobby. Chiavelli's dead. And then now it's just Dix and Doc that are left. Yeah, from the heist. 
But we need one more D, don't we, Dan? So Dahl is going to be coming along yes. from now on. And I, I guess also then we'll get back to Emmerich. He, he's the everything's going down for him, and we we get, we get another great. This is where we get the great Stephen Marilyn Monroe, like where she really shines in this, because he's back there, and he's like, you know, what are we gonna do? I guess this is where they say we're going to Cuba, right? Because everything's yes. going down. Yeah, it's time to run. Magazine, yeah, pre pre revolutionary uh, Cuba, by the yeah, way. Yeah, exactly. I know. It's just like <laughs> you might want to get there now because it's not gonna be. Things are going down pretty soon. It's going to be harder to get there. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the cops end up coming there, and they're like, we know everything. You know, we got the confession signed. You're, you're done. And he's just like... Tell the truth. Tell yeah. the truth. <laughs> yeah. You know, everything's going to be fine. And I feel like, yeah, you really see, like, Marilyn Monroe, like, she really cares about him, but then she's also like, yeah, but the truth. I'm not trying to go to jail because they're saying, like, you know, hey, if you lied to us, you're going too. So tell yeah. us the truth. Our commissioner friend, you know, really lays it down pretty hard and so emrick he's like you know what let me just you know, write a, little, a note to my wife let her know that i'm sorry and he, and he starts to write one and then he, he tears it up and then he goes for his gun yes he, he commits suicide it's yeah. great yeah you know, like, i would say the only problem again it, this movie had the unfortunate timing to come so soon after odds against tomorrow i just found that suicide a little more effective so yeah this one it was cool. I mean, I like that he tore up the note, I, and I know that was just so they could kind of ease the the code and, and let let that go through. But yeah, but I the humanistic that was a nice touch, yeah, the humanistic aspect of it. And I, and I also realized that yeah, as I was watching the movie, I was like, between this crisscross and uh, and uh, Ozzy Guys Tomorrow, we've had a lot of uh, heist movies recently. Absolutely, um, but not and not in a bad way. I just it, I was realizing it, that. it yeah. happens. I mean, yeah. it, it's a big part of it. We we just sort of found a streak where we weren't covering yeah. as many. And yeah. now here they all are. All in a row, yeah. That's all right. I'm not mad about it. I'm, I'm saying that. I'm not mad. Dan's furious over here, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Calm they're down, all movies, sir. They're all movies I love, so I'm okay with it. I should hope so. So, yeah, we, we got Doc and Dix. They decide to separate. Doc gets to a taxi driver, and they have a nice report. Turns out he's German, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's offering up stogies and $50 tip. So, hey, let's head to Cleveland, huh? Yeah. Oh, b- oh, before we get that, I do love this. One of my favorite scenes in the movie is where they're both walking through, like, I guess it's like a, like an old train yard or an old, some type of like city property. And yeah. that cop stops them, stops Dix and, and Doc. And, and in your mind, you're like, oh man, like, how are they going to get out of this? And actually Doc gets hit on the head in the, in the scuffle because they scuffle with his cop before Sterling Hayden takes the cop out. But that eventually also leads them, you know, the cops to find, you know, Doc and, and, and Dix. Uh, it ultimately yeah. leads to kind of their, you know, them being chased after but yes and now we're at the point now where they've got you know he's recovered doc's recovered enough that he can go his separate way you know doc offers multiple times too for sterling to go with him like i think he really does like dicks a lot like oh yeah he, no he, multiple instances he's like, hey at first he's like oh come to mexico with me and then next he's like oh come you know here with me and we'll go we'll go here to I think it was like cleveland or something like you know now that we're saying he's gone but yeah they have a yeah. great respect for one another yes. and especially by this point it's really gets to play out and it, it's great yeah no I, th- this was some of the best stuff was those two on the run yeah and then my other favorite scene uh, is we, coming up it's coming up yeah so we got the cab rap going one way and then uh doll gets dicks a car and she says but i'm coming with you yeah because you're, you're not doing so hot and also i i love you and we're getting out of this town he so, reluctantly says yes yeah he, he's like i don't like you but all right someone's yeah. got to drive right I was gonna say, I think he also realizes like the practicality of someone that can actually 
drive him. If oh, yeah, did, he so. would not get as far as he does without her. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, he should be nicer to poor doll. Yes. And so, yeah, we're, we're in the cab and we, we make a stop at a diner. Mm-hmm. There's a jukebox there and some young kids. Uh, this, is, this is it. Yeah, we need some. We need some nickels. We're running out of nickels. These kids ain't got no nickel money though, Dan. You know, come yeah. on now. Back yeah, then, they, we'll, they they already spent on the cokes. That she, she was also upset that they didn't get more than cokes. Yeah, boy, it, it's tough out there, isn't it, Dan? It's expensive to date. Yeah, and that's it was, the lesson here. Yeah, it was that well, it was that girl, and then there was these. Then it was two guys. I, I don't two know guys, if she yeah. was dating one of them or whatever. They're just friends, but uh, some great dance moves for sure, especially on her part. Doc, he he's like, hey look at her and you know he's yeah he he's looking for, i throughout the movie i get the sense that he's definitely looking for companionship he said he's trying yes. to go to mexico and he's like hey, a lot of pretty girls there yes. and uh so yeah he's 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 a lonely man he's been in prison so much and so he's like he goes and gets some change and drops a ton of nickels on the on the table baller move is like well, he know, cracks i mean literally i think yeah, like, cracks, he a roll and just went, oh yeah it cracks it's such it's startling at first like wait what yeah. happened and it's like oh there's all those nickels he's like you go dance all you want you put on whatever song you like i'm gonna sit here and love it come on let's play some more gee i'm fresh out of nickels genie how about you red i'm always fresh out well get some you know you can cost a guy a lot of dough Nichols is complaining about what a spender. Sure, he wants a date. He always wants a date. And where do we go? To a third-run movie. Then we take a ride and blow two tires. Then we come in here and what do you treat me to? Cokes. And I can't even listen to. Records. That's for you. Thanks. Would you have change for this, Nichols, please? Sure thing. At least you can dig down for enough to play me some music. Oh, Jeannie, cut it out. Excuse me, boys. Young lady, I like music too. Will you play me a tune? I sure will. What do you want me to play? You pick him. Gosh, how many have you got here? Not very many. Play what you like. Okay. And yeah. so she is dancing. She's, she's kind of a little flirty with him, yeah. Shaking and and some some great some great dance moves, but then did you, uh, did you know that fun fact about her? Or am I going to tell it? No, I don't know a fun fact about her, so I would I, love. I, to I should have got her name, but uh, uh, the special feature Eddie Muller was talking about how she was she worked for Disney and they would actually rotoscope her for all of the scenes, like a Snow White and oh, so she was like this was one of her first like actual on screen appearances. Oh wow! I mean yeah, she she had great dance moves like I said. Great yeah, great dance yeah, moves. Yeah. And in the novel, it, you know, it was more apparently this scene is it didn't have the dance. It was more like he was just looking at a pretty woman while a, a song was playing. Oh uh, okay. So that was probably one of the more bigger changes that actually happened. Um, I love this. I love this it's scene great. And, and, and the implications of it. And just and and I think he realized that I think his time was kind of up too. And this is like his last like. I don't know about that. I think he just allowed himself to get a little distracted and caught up in a, a pretty woman. And there's that great scene too, where like they're zooming yeah. in, it gets closer, and she, as she's dancing, she does one little turn away, and the cops are there looking in the window, menacing it right through the window. Yeah. Yeah. The diner, yeah. And so they, they eventually come in and, and grab him. And you know, he's like, even like, hey, how long are you guys there? And it was like, ah, just like two or three minutes. And he's like, oh, man, that was like as much as long as that song was. I could have yeah. just got out of here and been fine. But he plays it so casual, too. Like, he like, because he. Oh, totally. Like, he, and he, he's, just, I, yeah. as, he's a professional criminal. He's a yeah. professional person who gets arrested. He's very much just like, okay, guys, no problem. Like, yep. 
Because you're wondering. You start asking questions like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what is this? I mean, you we've know? seen so many. We've seen a guy blow his brains out. I mean, we've yeah. seen people slowly die. So it's like, what's he going to do? Especially he's an older man. You know, does he want to go back to prison? But he's like, you know, hey, I tried. Didn't work out. Boy, I'll get you next time, fellas. You know, like, yeah. I like that. So, yeah, he's busted. Good times. So we're back to, to Doll and Dicks, And he he's passing out. He's losing so much blood. They end up like pulling over. She's like, sees a guy. He's like, hey, hey, help me out. And he's like, all right, there's this doctor. We'll go wake him up. And so they do. And she's just like, yeah, he got in like a fight or like a car accident. Like the story keeps kind of changing. Yeah. And the doctor, he's suspicious of me. He's like, here, hold this IV. He doesn't have a stand for the IV. <laughs> yeah. It's like, here, you random kid who's came with them. Uh, hold this. I just got to do something. And he's like calling the cops. Like, yeah, this guy's been shot. Yeah. He lost a ton of blood. Like, you got to come get him. So Dahl's like, oh, no, that's no good. We got to head out of here. Well, Dick's, Dick's, well, Dick's yeah, too. Dick's, yeah. He, yeah. he gets up, he pulls the IV out of him, which was... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they found a, a great way to do that. There was like a sound effect in particular, that just, or maybe I just heard it from seeing it, but... Well, he got effective. extra. He got extra cagey because I, I think he had a distrust for doctors too. So I think in general, but knowing that he's on the lamb, I think he was. Just well, like, and he's yeah, also yeah. got a mission. You know, he wants to yeah. get back to Kentucky. So you know, he he gets he gets enough IV in him to say, "Hey, let's get out of here." And so they drive and they make it to that Kentucky horse farm in Cincinnati. And Dixie he gets out of the car. He's clearly about to keel over, but he makes it out to the field and then he collapses. Yes. And all these horses surround him. It's a very beautiful scene. Yes. And, and Doll comes running after him, and that's the end of it. Yep. That, I think it's I, a great ending, too. I, yeah, I think, I think that's a great Beautiful ending. Yeah. You know who agreed with us was uh, songwriter Curly Putman, who oh, had yeah? watched this film and saw that scene and went to write Tom Jones's first number one song, The Green Green Grass of Home. Oh. So it wasn't, it's not unusual? <laughs> I believe he was continuously inspired by this movie and just kept writing <laughs> just songs kept, about yeah, it. Yeah, kept going, yeah. I, it, it comes together so well. I love from heist to ending. Yeah. It was so good. You know, I'll, I'll keep at it. I, maybe I'll like knowing now what's coming, uh, the beginning a little more, but I just yeah. found it a little bit of a slog. No, I, I, and I think that's fair. I, 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 totally, I totally understand that. Yeah, and I agree. I think the beginning, it does take a little bit of time to get going. But once it gets going from the once it gets on, there, yeah, yeah, yeah it, I think it's fantastic. It's definitely worth it. I wouldn't say rush to see this movie necessarily, but I would definitely say you know you should get to it. Yeah, and I think it's one that does get better the more you watch it too. I think I think if you watch this, you know, if you end up catching this other times, I, I think you might enjoy it more. I think I think you know, this is a movie that has a lot of nuance to me at least, um, and a lot of subtext that I feel like you can kind of pick up with repeat viewing. So yeah, I, I, I love it. I think it's a great movie, but I agree. I think it does have some, a little bit of some pitfalls or a little bit, some, some, you seven know, out of 10, I give it. Yeah. I, I think that's fair. Seven, seven or eight out of 10. I'm probably about the same. Eight is pretty complimentary. I would say 6.5 okay. to seven. <laughs> you maybe have to lose half a number now with that, but. Okay. So if I'm an eight and then you're a 6.5, then we'll say seven. You're going to go average. Sure. Yeah, that's fine. I would say, yeah, it's a seven, which is a, hey, Obviously, there's something in it worth watching. Yeah, I mean, it was added to the you know, National Film Registry, Library of Congress. So Yeah, but they add all these ones to it. Especially if there's a criterion. That must mean it's something because, you know, they yeah. don't put out shoddy prints of anything. That's true. Well, I, I, I will say that I do love, I mean, the, the artwork I mentioned earlier, but I do love the color. I love the, I love the blue, like this kind of like blue shade with it. Love I, the I, color. I hate I the it. font, though. Yeah, I mean, the font is, it doesn't. It doesn't destroy me. I mean, I think they probably could have picked a better one, but I don't, I don't mind it. But I love the color scheme. I color love, I scheme love, is perfect. Yeah, I love it. 
I think it it makes it a little easier to forgive some of those design shortcomings. Yeah. Also, when do they stop putting staples in these booklets? I hate these foldouts. Yeah, I think it obviously. Obviously, I think it depends on the amount of content they have too to put in there. I don't um, know. This felt like pretty hefty. That yeah. it didn't necessarily need that. I don't know if it's a cost thing. It is cheaper to do foldouts than it is to do saddle stitched. So I imagine I mean, you are familiar with that. Yes, that is true. It's less. It's less work, less process. It's more intricate to do this the saddle stitching. So yeah. But it's a shame because I think it could use some. some oh yeah, per, yeah. Per, personally, yeah. I mean, I would prefer like an actual true booklet, whether it's like a perfect bind where it's like the flat, you know, like, like a book would be or the staples. Like I, I a perfect bind in a, in a perfect world. Of course. I mean, they put perfect in the title. It's yes. gotta be the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There was a asphalt jungle TV show, weirdly enough. And it was 1961. It lasted 13 episodes. And there was actually one episode that was a bit of a, a sequel to the movie, or at least it made reference to the characters. Otherwise it was unrelated. And it was actually, it was Ben Maddow, the screenwriter, and, and John Houston. they co-wrote the episode. It was called The Professor. Huh. Surprised that wouldn't be a special feature on this or something, but maybe, you know, yeah. maybe you can get the rights to it. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. I have actually a little uh, harken back to our last episode with John M. Stahl, the director of um, uh, Lever to Heaven. Uh, I noticed, and, and I was thinking about it, because I, I, I think we mentioned that like, how a lot of his films are really difficult to come by, but I noticed when I was looking through Criterion's, I forgot that Criterion had released The Magnificent Obsession, the Douglas Sirk version, which I've never seen, but I noticed, I was looking at it because I almost picked it up, and I'll get it probably at some point, is the John M. Stahl version of the film from 1935, the earlier version, is a bonus feature on that, oh, on that edition. I was like, now I want to get this more, because I was a little bit curious about it, but knowing that that's on, I'm like, I'm definitely getting it now. Two for the price of one. Can't exactly. beat that. So, yeah, so get a little, okay, yeah, because it's like, it's, it's tough to find John M. Stahl movies in general. So, yeah, oh, I'll, yeah, I'll take a print of that. Well, let us know, Dan, what you I think. I will. I'll keep you posted. Yeah, because I, I, I like, yeah, I like that from the last episode. I did like his direction and, you know, would definitely like to see more of his films. John Huston first met Sterling Hayden in D.C. during a protest, you know, against, they, were, they were against HUAC. When they met to discuss this project, Houston had said to Hayden, quote, I've admired you for a long time, Sterling. They don't know what to make of a guy like you in this business, end quote. And uh, he was just letting them know that, look, the studio, they don't want you whatsoever. They don't think you're a top name, but they're giving me control on this one. And I think you're fucking awesome. You're going to work with us. And yeah, I made the, the right choice. Yeah. At the time, though, they were, you know, they were saying that Hayden was you know, rumored to be fighting alcoholism and, and he had some mental health issues, but he was able to pull this off. No problem. And, Proved a lot of people wrong. Yeah, and he had a pretty su- successful career after it. I mean, he had, yes. he had a lot of great, a lot of great roles after this. Yes, he did. And after even shooting one scene, Houston went up to Sterling Hayden and said, "Quote: The next time somebody says you can't act, tell him to call Houston." And I did hear that. I, I love that line. Yeah, John Houston's guy's back. I like that. I mean, I that's yeah. one of the. I like. I like John Houston more than I like his output. I was definitely mm-hmm. like. I'm never against him or. Yeah. You know, like, he, he's got great takes on everything, and it's very important. It's just, uh, yeah, I don't know. We'll get there. We got more Houston to come. Yeah, and I think, like I said, as much as I, I, I do like John Houston, but I think what's interesting is, I, I know we're talking about Noah here, but, like, I think Treasure of Sierra Madrid might be his best movie. It might be at least my favorite, even yeah. though, I, I mean, Maltese Falcon I love, and I, I love Asphalt Jungle, but I think that might be his best movie. And I've seen a, a few of his other ones. I mean, Under the Volcano, which is, like, a later one. There's a couple other ones. I mean, he's done some a lot of films, but... But yeah, no, I, I like him. Not my favorite director, but I, uh, I think he's all right. He's like, like, 
essential but inessential at the same time. It's very weird. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely still going to check out more of this stuff. It's a journey worth taking. Yeah. During the production, his father, Walter Houston, had come to visit John Houston for his 44th birthday party and then died two days later. Wow. Here's an interesting fact. The musical scoring in this from Miklos Rosa, there's barely any of it. And there's actually total scoring is six minutes in this movie. Yeah, there's there's not, not a lot of music in this movie. Yeah, other than, you know, of course, the jukebox scene, which is like, hey, do you want music? Yeah. Here it is. Gene Hagen, who played Dolly, you know, she was nominated for an Oscar for Singing in the Rain as Lena Lamont, and she was nominated multiple times. She died pretty young at 54 of esophageal cancer. Wow. I I, I thought she did an interesting job in this one. You know, I don't know if it's like an essential performance, but I think it it was worth making the choices. I think it paid off. Yeah. The movie was uh, nominated for some Oscars. Uh, Doc's performance obviously was nominated. It was his only Mm -hmm. time being nominated. That was about it. But yeah, I mean, it seemed like the movie was pretty successful and and well-received. As far as Marilyn Monroe goes, actually, she was not the first choice. It was Lola Albright, but they say he was convinced eventually. (laughs) There's a lot of different rumors of... uh, uh, of how it, it worked out, because Houston didn't seem to be too impressed, but I'll leave that to the, the listener to look up. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know what you're referring to. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm not, I'm not going to speculate that one, but yeah. it, it's it's discussed. Yes. Uh, I will end on, they tried to colorize this movie. Turner, who owned the, the rights to it, Turner Entertainment, and they succeeded in it, and John Houston's heirs had actually tried to stop it from being broadcast. It was The colorized version was going to be broadcast in French, but they lost the case in court, and it was put out, but then eventually they were able to win, of course, in retrospect, after it had already been shown, yeah. seen this monstrosity, but... I was going to say, yeah, I'm, I'm not really a fan of that. the bright side. No. I hate colorization. I think yeah. it's disgusting. I don't have many films I have that. I think one of the ones I have it, there's a version of it on the Blu-ray is the It's a Wonderful Life. And I've never watched it because I just, I don't want any part of it. No, yeah. It, it's just so bizarre. I mean, I think colorization would be interesting if it had like come out as that and only that. And you'd be like, oh, that's interesting and weird. But just to yeah. know that you're like grading an already existing version, that sucks. I'm trying to think there was a movie. So there was an East German film that I watched recently it was, it was one of the weirdest things I've, I've heard. It was originally filmed in color, and then it was banned by the authorities in East Germany at the time, and they thought the film was lost, and then they found a, a negative of it, it, like just like randomly on the side of like a room somewhere, and they restored it, and the only way they could restore it from the print was in black and white. So oh, wow. it, it was actually in, it originally was in color, because I think it was made in the 70s or 80s. I think it was maybe 70s. And uh, so that was kind of interesting to see it. Like that, the only way they the could reverse. really, re- yeah, it was like in the reverse of that. And I thought that was really interesting. But yeah, as far as color colorizing movies that were black and white, no, no way. Yeah, don't do it. It's a trap. Yeah. All right. Well, that's gonna do it. Danny, ready for our big announcement? I am very ready. All right, guys, we are about to enter embark. the. Yes, we are about to embark on the epic month of August, and we are gonna make it a big month. That's right. We got four big movies and the first one is going to be 1946's The Big Sleep Can I help you sir? Oh yeah I'm looking for a good mystery on something off the beaten track like the Maldives Falcon. Oh that was a fascinating story 
But here's one that has everything the Falcon had and more. It's Raymond Chandler's latest bestseller, The Big Sleep. What a picture that'll make. Mind if I look at it? Sometimes I wonder what strange fate brought me out of the storm to that house that stood alone in the shadows. As I probed into its mysteries, every clue told me a different story. But each had the same ending, murder. Every instinct warned me to beware that something more dangerous, more deadly than I'd ever known before was in that room. And suddenly, Speaking of bogey, we're bringing them back. Bringing bogey and Bacall. Bogey and Bacall back. Can they top Dark Passage? I don't know. It's tough. Know. It's, it's a, one of the best films ever made. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. But join I, us. I, I will say that I've I've been I've been both looking forward to and dreading this episode. So better to get it out of the way in our big month, Dan. <laughs> yes, because I have some interesting thoughts on this movie. So I'm looking forward to those. Yeah. I mean, I think it's yeah. going to be a, a good, a better episode possibly than a watch. But yes, but what? Why? We will discuss those reasons. I also have thoughts of this this classic. Yes, stay tuned. I would yeah. say this is one of those ones that always comes up on like the you, if you're watching them, this is one of them. Yes. Oh yeah. So we'll have a lot of thoughts. We got big thoughts on this big, big movie. <laughs> Lots of big thoughts. All right. Well, thank you for joining us on the little month of July. We enjoyed our freedom during it, right? Our independence. Yes. We didn't wear pants for most of it. <laughs> the ultimate freedom. That may or may not be a lie. Find out. You'll never know. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say next week, but we're not going to tell you. No pants reveals today. Maybe that needs to be a month theme at some point. The month of pants? No, no pants November. <laughs> sure. Wasn't that a thing in the day? I don't know. Like in high school, I remember pants. Like people, that was a thing. But then they come in with like pajamas, you know. Oh yeah, I don't think we really did that. I mean, we had like pajama themed days, I think, but we didn't call it anything specific. I'm sure by the time it got to you guys, they're like, "All right, we, we're pros at this. Let's call it <laughs> something classy." If there's gonna be no pants involved, I think you're giving my generate my uh, my grade a, a lot of credit, probably. <laughs> I, hey, you know what? If I can't give credit to the youth, what are we fighting yeah. for, Dan? You know, that's true. But we're only a couple years apart. You so like I just called you the youth. Yeah, the youth, youth of the nation. <laughs> you like I just called my peer a youth? Yes. <laughs> when I'm, you know, maybe three years younger than you. <laughs> you got B Day coming up, don't you? Soonish? No, it passed a while ago. Oh, it passed. That's what Yeah, a couple months that. ago. Month ago. That went good. Yeah, you messed up. I'm about to get old. That means I get older before you. I said happy birthday at the time, Dan. That's yeah, you did. I know. I'm kidding. <laughs> I messed up right now by not remembering. Yes. But, so, yeah, I'm about to get older than you before you get older again. So, yeah. The clock will reset. Time's traveling again. There we go. We better hop on, eh, Dan? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Well, until then, next time, when we hop out of our time machine one week from now yes, to get to the big sleep, until then, we're going to go take a big sleep ourselves. And in the meantime, here's the crime. Here's the crime. Ding.